Okay, we lost the previous video. Somehow we all got kicked off, including me. So this is uh, the second portion. Let's see if y'all can find me. You're here. Anyway, what I want to do is I want to read something. Just follow me for a second. Hi, Robin. I want to find a, um, a book. Hello again, Tracy. Looking for, here it is. There's a book that I was, uh, I was thinking you'd all appreciate. This book is called The Eye of the Eye, From Which Nothing is Hidden, David Hawkins. And um, just wanted to read a little bit of it. And then we'll see if someone wants to be able, someone's able to come on and discuss it. Who's all here? 11 people. Awesome. Okay, so where do I want to begin? Let's see. This is going to be like a different take on love different take on what love is. It looks like I'm in the main room instead of the private room, I think, because I'm seeing some other people joining us. So I guess that's all in perfect divine order. Um, so a little different version of lo what love is, a kind of a deeper exploration to delve into. In the state of awareness, the mind has become silent. Logical or sequential thought has stopped, and instead there is silence and stillness, a continuous, effortless unfolding and presentation as revelation. Knowingness unfolds of itself, and the divinity of all that is is silently shown forth as self-evident and self-effulgent. All stands forth in complete and continuous revelation. There is no need to seek or get for everything already in its totality and completeness is. All seeming action takes place on its own. There is no doer behind action, and in that mythical entity, that one had always assumed was the wellspring of experience had disappeared and dissolved into the absolute oneness of the universe. The self, in its totality and completeness, is beyond and before all worlds universe, universes, or time dependent on nothing and caused by nothing. Let's repeat that one more time. The self, 
in its totality and completeness is beyond and before all worlds, universes, or time, is beyond all worlds, universes, plural, not singular, universes, or time, dependent on nothing and caused by nothing. The self is beyond existence, neither subject to existence nor non-existence, beginning nor ending, time nor space. It cannot even be included in the concepts of is or is not. The self is neither manifest nor unmanifest and is beyond any dimensions implied by such categorization of concepts. It cannot be even included in the concepts of is or is not. The capacity to operate cogently in the world of ordinary experience required some major adjustments. There is a continuity and oneness between the realms of duality and non-duality, and non-duality pervades all duality. So, let me break that down a little bit. There is a continuity and oneness between the realms of duality and non-duality and non-duality. So what happens is when people have this experience of, of non-duality, of non-dual realization, there's a sense of, uh, I have to put my um, charger in for a moment. There's a sense of, um, disconnection between duality and non-duality, between what we hear we call the absolute and the relative, correct, Robin? So the absolute is non-dual, the relative is duality, the, the realm of opposites, the realm of things, this and that, here and there, you and me, right? So what happens is there's a sense of when we have this non-dual realization that that's what's real and the world of duality is false and well, if the duality has to be gotten rid of or removed because it's it's illusion or it's not real. Um, but then there's this process of integrating the relative into the truth, integrating the relative into the truth. So the relative and the, the relative and the absolute, the non-dual and the dual are one. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just pay attention to the energy and just be present and ignore the words. Okay. If you do know what I'm talking about, then just follow with me. So. What happens is we integrate the world of duality, the world of the relative. We don't try to get rid of it. We don't try to suppress it. We don't try to make it go away. The world of duality is the world of separation. So the only way to have a true sense of oneness, the only way to have a true sense of love, in the deepest sense of the word love, is to integrate and include the world of separation. The only way to have the deepest sense of love is to integrate and include that which seems separate. So instead of trying to get rid of that which is separate, that just creates more separation and reinforces the sense of a separate self. We actually embrace the world of duality. We actually embrace uh, the world of separate things and recognize that they're actually part of the non-dual, they're part of the absolute truth, they're part of the oneness. Does that make sense?
So instead of trying to get rid of something or trying to make something different or trying to make something more spiritual than it is or trying to change or rearrange, we love what is right now as it is. The capacity to operate cogently in the world of ordinary experience requires some major adjustments. There is a continuity and oneness between the realms of duality and non-duality. So then there's a continuity. So you don't have to bounce back and forth between, oh, now I'm in the oneness with God, now I'm in the world of separation, now I'm in the oneness with God, I'm in separation, and you're feeling there's a continuity between the two. You can move seamlessly between the two, recognizing that the two are actually one and whole and part of the same essential truth. The limitation within duality is really one of awareness. The limitation of awareness appears to be the consequence of focus. However, excuse me, not however, human beings are seen to be innocent due to their extreme unawareness and unconsciousness of their reality. In this state, they are run by programming and illusionary belief systems. At the same time, the purity of spirit shines forth as their intrinsic beauty. So it's something I've been pointing to recently, which is that we have two things happening at the same time. You, I encounter someone that's being run by programming and illusionary belief systems, right? And they're caught in that and they're attached and identify with that. But regardless, the spirit, the essential nature of who they are and their intrinsic beauty is always there, regardless, is always present, regardless. So what I'm interested in is when I encounter someone that's really identified in their uh, programming, their belief systems, and the story of who they think they are, I'm tuning into the intrinsic beauty that lies beyond that, right? And I think that people that we generally admire throughout the ages, people that we think have great wisdom or have a sense of spiritual awakening consciousness, that's what they did. And that's all they did. And in doing that, that's how they healed people and awoken people and realized people and popped people open is by not identifying and attaching to the story that the other person themselves is identifying and attaching with, which so often is a victimization consciousness. So what I'm saying to people lately is like, it's really not that compassionate to support people's victimization consciousness. And there's a lot of that going around. And it's like, oh, I'm so sorry for you. And you see, everything is so difficult for you. But it's really not. It's, it's not really helping people. What's helping people is to see beyond all of that, to acknowledge it, to have a sense of empathy and compassion whenever someone is in a state of suffering or pain or disconnection or delusion, but to see the intrinsic beauty that's beyond that. Right, So what that often means is actually not giving energy to their identification, to the programming, to the belief systems, to the stories, what you think they are. And most importantly, not doing that for ourselves, not doing that to ourselves. It's always most important to recognize all this stuff in ourselves and not to, um, to ourselves primarily and to others secondary. So it's easy to project on other people, oh, look at what they're doing, they're not doing it. But it's really not important. What's important is to be attuned to the self-realization in yourself, to always be attuned to self-realization in yourself. And the greatest thing you can ever do for anybody else, the greatest thing you could ever do for anybody else is to liberate yourself. The greatest thing you could ever do for anybody else is to liberate yourself. And if you liberate yourself, then you're a walking invitation to everybody to liberate themselves.
right? But if you haven't liberated yourself and you're trying to liberate other people, it's, it's, it's really disingenuous. It's not really the real issue, you know, it's projection. And there's so much of that that's happening in the world right now. So when we liberate ourselves, when we liberate ourselves from our unconscious limiting belief systems and thought patterns, when we liberate ourselves from the attachment identification to our stories, to our thought patterns, to our um, programming, to our conditioning, and we are then able to recognize and realize that essence as an infinite vastness in every direction. And so we're able to really see this intrinsic beauty in everyone, regardless of who they're telling us that they think they are or what they think they are about themselves. And this is the greatest benefit we can be of others, naturally, effortlessly, organically, just being present, just being ourselves in each moment. It might be said in modern times that people are run by their software programs of which they are unconscious. Each person is in the process of the evolution of consciousness with some more evolved than others. Each one represents the unfolding of consciousness under dif different conditions and therefore has different levels of appearance. So that's a metaphor that I love that I've been I've been feeling into as well as like we have this software programs, you know, that we're running and are these programs like serving us in a healthy way? If they are, then that's great. But if they're old programs that are not longer serving us in a healthy way where we want to go, then we we're able to change the program by first being aware that we're actually not the program. Right? Because if we think we're the program, then we, we can never change it because we think that's all that we are and we're stuck in it. It is as though each person is caught in a certain level and cannot proceed to another level without the consent, decision, and agreement of the will. The intrinsic innocence is because comparably the person is like the hardware and their actions and beliefs are like the software. The hardware is unaffected by the software programs which are following blindly without awareness of significance or consequence of these actions. Classically, the unconscious software programs are called karma. The state in which ordinary people operate does not imply any moral fault or defect, but merely represents the possibilities of the fields of consciousness as they express themselves to each living entity. Although in reality there is neither good nor bad, it is obvious that all actions have consequences. Behind the apparent differences, there is actually only the reality of the one self shining forth as the source of life and all that lives. Each entity lives in the stop frame of this instant, which is all there actually is beyond their awareness. That right there is all I've ever really been trying to say. So let's repeat that one more time. Behind the apparent differences, there is actually only the reality of the one self shining forth as the source of life in all that lives. Each entity lives in the stop frame of this instant, which is all there actually is beyond their awareness. In non-duality, 
In no one instant can any such thing as a problem, conflict, or suffering occur. These all arise in the anticipation of the next instant or recall of the past. That's also all I've ever been trying to say. These all arise in anticipation of the next instant or recall of the past. That's what I was also saying with Ashura in the video before this, which you can find on the thread, which is that I say expectation causes suffering. So what is expectation? Expectation and relationship causes suffering. Anticipation of the next instant, right? So you're caught in a future moment without being present in this moment. You're caught in a future moment without being present in this moment. And there's a cause of suffering because there's a conflict between your ideas of what should be happening to lead to a future moment and this moment itself. Now, I'm not saying that that's wrong. I'm not saying you shouldn't do it. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying to try to suppress that feeling or repress that feeling or make it any different. I'm just telling you the way it works. That's all. We're just interested in like the truth. And then make your own decisions and be from a state of awareness and self-honesty and clarity of intention and self-realization and self-actualization of how you want to use your mind in a conscious, creative, productive way or not. The ego appears to be the product of fear and its purpose is to control the next instant of experience and ensure its survival. The ego appears to be the product of fear and its purpose is to control the next instant of experience. So fascinating. It's like so simple and yet so huge, you know? The ego wants to control the next instant of experience. So I see like a share of Harding, you know, Harding right now. And it's like, this is where the teachings, you know, of Allah, of God, of, of a higher intelligence come into being because this, this higher intelligence, when you, when you're connected, when you're attuned, when you're trusting, when you're aligned, when you're in a co-creative resonant field with that energy, you don't have to control the next moment, right? If you're fully present, fully here, fully available, fully open-hearted, fully open-minded, fully uh, physically, and every cell of your being available to this moment, then the next moment will come out of that, that wholeness of being in this moment. Sorry about that. Every once in a while that happens and it's kind of like a wake, wake up call, a wake up call. I'm going to lean this back a little bit. There we go. I think that'll work. And now my hand is freed up too. Cause I had to use the battery. Okay. So it seems to vacillate between fear of the future and regret over the past and the desire and sense of time which repels action stems from the illusion of lack. With a sense of completion, desire ceases. That which believes in its finite fears for its survival, for it is subject to time and the illusions of causality. That which believes in its finite fears. So finite fears come when you believe that all you are is a human being. You're born, you're gonna die, right? And you have to survive. 
and you're subject to time and the illusions of causality. That's a, that's that last part's a, a big thing to delve into at some point here. The illusion of causality, because at a certain at a certain level, this level of cause and effect, this level of relative truth, is real and and true and important. And on the absolute level, it's not real at all, and not true at all. So we give a lot of emphasis, particularly in science, to causality. And there's this level of higher awareness where causality is seen to be an illusion and not real. And all there is is now. All there is is now. All there is is here. So this is something really interesting that I was pointing to a few weeks ago on something that I wrote. And it's really interesting to explore. When the usual motivations of life disappeared, it became effortless. What had been the personality was now only a vague propensity which seemed to know how to mimic ordinary behavior from a collection of those patterns, but its ongoingness stemmed from a different source. What had previously been considered to be personal was now obviously impersonal. For one thing, the real self could not really explain itself to others. What to this self was reality, rock-like and substantial, when expressed in words, sounded abstract or philosophical to ordinary people who were run by concepts and sequential thought patterns. What seemed mystical to the average person was merely concrete, subjective reality. In other words, it's really hard to talk about this stuff. So you have this space of like this depth of like realization of waking to the absolute that transcends time and space. And like, how do you talk about it without sounding like um, philosophical or abstract, right? Because words are used in the realm of duality. Everything that I'm saying is pointing, is, is pointing to things. Look at that tree. That's the realm of duality, right? If I want to, but if I want to point to something that transcends time and space that's ever present, there's no way to talk about it. So this is why I usually end up a lot of things coming through in a poetic way because poetry is nonlinear. And it kind of opens up the, the, the invitation to deep it into the now, into this openness presence without even really realizing that's happening to you. It took effort to re-energize ordinary thought patterns in order to facilitate verbal communication. The real I is beyond consciousness itself, but can radiate down as the capacity to move out of bliss into worldly activity. Love becomes the sole motivator of the continuance of physical existence. I like that line. <clears throat> Love becomes the sole motivator of the continuance of physical existence. During the transition, the body felt a considerable strain as though the nervous system was having to handle more energy than it was originally designed to do. The body's nerves often felt as though they were high tension wires burning with high voltage energy and current. So this is a, a point that I like to make too, is that, you know, we say like when people are having a spiritual awakening or an opening spiritually, it doesn't necessarily feel good. This is like a big, you know, misconception. It could certainly feel good, but it can also oftentimes is very physically painful because there's so much energy moving through your system that your body has to adapt. 
has to evolve in its consciousness to to hold it, to have the circuitry expand. It's almost like you had like a little like pathway and now you need like a 16 lane highway to like the currency, the energy that's moving through your body. So people oftentimes like experience headaches um, or just physical pain or different various sensations that um, are painful. And it's the body expanding and evolving to hold this influx of energy that wants to move through you. You know, so there's literally an evolutionary biological component to the spiritual awakening that goes together, right? So there's like, pop open, this energy moves through, and then your body has to evolve to be able to run this energy through your system. This eventually required moving away from the big city and life that went in, then life that went with it to a small town in the West, which had over the years attracted people who were dedicated to a non-materialistic, spiritually oriented life. That was Sedona, Arizona, by the way, which has changed since this was written. Now meditation could take place, could take the place of activity and the bliss state would return. Resulting in what appeared to be an ascetic lifestyle only because there were neither needs nor wants. This is also a common phase on the, the path of awakening and of evolution, but it's a phase. Everything's a phase. There was a time of even forgetting to eat, as though the body were very peripheral or perhaps not even in existence. One could pass a mirror and be surprised that there was even a body image there. There was no interest in the events of the world, a condition that lasted for some 10 years of withdrawal from ordinary functioning in order to become adjusted to the spiritual state which had replaced the former consciousness. One aspect of this state of awareness was the capacity to discern greater significance within phenomena that were ordinarily observed. I think that's enough for now. Enough reading. So what's interesting is that he doesn't really use the word love in there except maybe once or twice. But when I think about love in the deepest sense of what love is and what, what's the instinct, what's the, the opening, what's the, the expansive awakening of the heart, of the mind, of the consciousness in ourselves that has this feeling of the deepest, most absolute, incredible, amazing love, it's this. It's everything that I'm reading. You know, it's this absolute fundamental intimacy with life, with the moment. And out of this absolute fundamental intimacy with life, with the moment, there can be, there can be the potential for absolute fundamental intimacy with a flower, with a cloud, with a river, with an ocean, and with a woman or with a man, right? So so often people are doing it backwards as they're coming from a place of separation. Oh, I'm over here. I'm a separate entity. I'm a separate being. How do I connect with this separate person over here? And what I'm like so excited about and so inspired by and so in love with is this realization of that there's no one over here and there's no one over there. And we um, are opening to an intimacy that transcends separation, that transcends this sense of separation and includes it, transcends the separation and includes it. So you're not trying to deny the sense of separation. Actually, you're not a, I'm a man and you're a woman. Um, you're including that in this absolute deepest sense of intimacy 
that is whole, full, and complete in and of itself. And it's really at the core, it's what could be called a spiritual awakening or a self-realization of what we really are. And out of this self-realization, there's, there's love and there's love for all that is. There's love for all that is. There's love for all that is and includes all that is and expands to appreciate all that is as a sense of who and what you truly are. A lot of uh, comments here. I haven't seen them all yet. I'm going to see. It looks like Tracy wants to come on. So let's see if she's. Issues. Hi. Hi. Are Hi. you loving this subject? <laughs> Hello, everyone. It's really beautiful to... Um to talk and and share here um firstly i really 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 want to just um show my appreciation and gratitude for um for this group um <laughs> i don't think you can really um understand the enormity of what the changes that I have um, been have experienced, I'm still coming to terms. Although I do know it's real, I do feel that um, I'm a different person now than than what I was, and and every day is. Uh, well, I just want to speak. Every day is an adventure. I wake up with this um, joy, and and humbleness and gratitude. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. Though I know that. Recently, I've had some um, amazing occurrences to me. For me, they um, all I can say is it's like a miracle. Um, everything's unfolding without me really needing to. I mean, I, I have put in practice different things, um, affirmations. I'm doing yoga and breathing and make putting joy, choosing joy in my thoughts. And recently... Um, is it okay just to talk like this? <laughs> Are you all listening? So I'll, yep. I'll keep talking. Um, um, I did write a few notes because I wanted to make sure I firstly wanted to be, um, you know, I, I'm grateful for being, um, for this opportunity to be supported in this community. Um, the community is anchored in love and acceptance and it's, it's really beautiful. Um, you can be accepted for the joys that you're having in your life and also for the, the challenges that we're having. So it's a place where you can come and and um, and share because, you know, something like this is pretty special. When you are changing and integrating different ways of being in the world, you uh, there's, you know, it's enormous. And um, in my present reality, now I actually have a housemate that's moved in as fate would have it or it's not fate, it's just the unfolding of such magic. But I had a, um, a young girl move in with me and we, we met before Christmas at a um, breathing peace gathering and we both aligned and said, let's catch up again. Well, a couple months later she texts me and said, let's go to the beach and now she's moved in. <laughs> And uh, it's a, just a joy to have someone to meditate with and, and practice intention setting and um, eat with and 
yeah, so I want to be values. So I suppose I want to come back to my experience of um, of that, her moving in. Um, for me, I've been challenged financially. Um, so a year ago I moved out of this house and rented it to my son and his mate, and his mate was terrific at paying the rent, my son not so much, um, and he, he has... <laughs> He has now um, repaid the rent that he had in lieu, but I didn't set boundaries for myself as far as financially um, the worth of this home that I that I have. Um, I was gifted this house four years ago. A lady that I cared for and knew for two years, she left me this house. And in the beginning, I did not know how I could accept such an enormous gift, and it actually forced me further into my depression. Am I just rambling? Please, Brian, say something. <laughs> I want to say something about what you're saying, which is that um, there's like this, this uh, opening to the absolute, to the, to the awakened essence, the self-realization of like who we are, mm. the absolute um, love. And what can be challenging is the integration of the 3D world from that space, right? Being able to, and so I think that that's like an important thing to touch on and to, to look at um, because if we don't integrate that, it actually holds us back from freeing up the energy to focus on the higher elements, right? So like somebody wrote last night and they're, they're like uh, something about, I want to have this like festival to focus on 4D consciousness, you know? 4D being like the next level of consciousness. Yeah, I And yeah, and I was thinking um, maybe we have to master 3D consciousness in order to get to 4D consciousness. And just trying to yeah. overlook it isn't actually like, isn't sorry. actually what's the way to do it. Yeah, I don't like to bring in those words and that intention. I think, like you say, life is now. And that dimension will come in of its own time when needed. And I say being living in the relative, going to work, you know, having your relationships, um, integrating that, that. That's what's been the most mind-blowing thing for me is that, um, um, well, yesterday, for example, uh, um, I, oh, there's so much I want to say, but it's, I, don't, I want to make it valuable. Um, <laughs> yeah. So if I could quickly just finish back on the uh, financial boundaries for myself. Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then I moved back into my house and um, my son was still living here, um, paying his board. His, it's all good. And then I had... Um, partner move in he didn't have a job so um i didn't charge any board or any rent and uh we were supporting each other through different other things um and then the girl uh how my housemate moved in and i felt really i felt anxiety coming up and i couldn't sleep that well and i thought what what is coming up here again for me you know and, and when i sort of sat with the feeling slept on it. The next morning I wake up and I just realised, you know, I could see, I could look back now and see all the 
three, four different occurrences that um, I'd had around people living here and I hadn't been um, asserting myself and asking what, you know, I value this home, I value myself. If you do that, then, you know, to be financially supported is um, okay. <laughs> and for me as a woman as well, my family was always man was the man man was the breadwinner man was the one supporting the family and it finally clicked me that I am as as a woman or just as another as a person that I have the, the power myself to support myself in every area of life including finances um, I mean I just I get paid twenty dollars an hour and I work you know um, four days full time and so I don't have a huge income but I'm supporting myself and Everything um, I need is coming into my life now. I've actually woke up in the morning and I wrote out an agreement between myself and my housemate. And, it, gee, it felt good to – I wrote it out and I was nervous about bringing it up to her. But I did bring it up to her and she accepted it completely. And now I've got another girl moving in. And the beautiful thing is that – so now I have that extra income – and yesterday I um, purchased a new car <laughs> and that, that's going to pay for the loan. It's just – and everything is just flowing, you know. It's just so – it's so simple, like, you know, simple things of life, buying a car, getting a loan. It's the basic, you know, nuts and bolts of life. But um, I've had to let go and allow everything in its own time and space rather than make everything happen. And, um, yeah, it – I don't – you know, <laughs> I just um, I'm overwhelmed by the simplicity of allowing instead of grasping and seeking and trying to make things happen, which was my conditioning. You know, both my parents are from sporting backgrounds, so it was all about, you know, persistence and um, discipline and responsibility. And this conditioning was just really um, – it can serve you. It served me in a lot of ways, um, you know. Um, but when you live from a, that um, space of being, it's, you know, those words just don't come in to affect, um, you know, competing and grasping and got to do this and um, seen as successful. They just disappear and you just, you're just um, grat grateful and compassionate and you do recognise everybody as one, one you know, one consciousness and it's light you lose all this heaviness and you just you just light in yourself in your emotions nothing too much you know um seems to really bother you nothing really seems to bother me anymore um am i making any sense at all <laughs> yeah i think it's important to to get that's why i focus on the pie chart the pie chart so much yeah is those elements of like financial oh, nothing family community work yeah um, yeah yeah that's physical not, self, you know? et cetera, right yeah. so it's like in the financial one is a big one especially for our community is like people are struggling with finances money money so that's like survival that's like first chakra right so if you're like trying to survive if you're if you don't know how you're going to like make things work and make things make or what if i don't can't pay the rent next month then your energy has to go there because it's yeah. like that's that's like that's the primary energy. So then the energy is not freed up. How can you get to the seventh chakra if you're, if you're stuck in the first chakra? 
Yeah. Right. So instead of trying to like avoid that and like get into some kind of spiritual state, I'm saying is actually address it, you know, actually address it, actually make an agreement with your housemate, you know, do these things to get things going that it's that it's that you have a sense of like, I'm addressing this, I'm taking care of this. Now my energy is freed up. Now I can focus on the fourth dimension because I got the third dimension down, you know, I've mastered the third dimension. But if you're still trying to like, um, get the third dimension together and, 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 and put things together, then there's no energy to focus on higher realms of being. Yes, yes. Financial freedom can certainly just free up your so many avenues. But that's not, you know, it's like I say, it's the whole pie chart and um, everyone's different pie. They'll click, you know, they'll, They'll kind of, um, if you think of like a game of Trivial Pursuit, when they have those little pie, you know that game Trivial Pursuit, and have those little triangles. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So we all click in our little triangle, whatever it is on the pie chart, in our own order, in our own time, in our own um, path. You know. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's letting go. You know, there's, it's just letting go of what you think, what you know, um, and allowing it to un, um, evolve, unfold in its own um, time. Um, for me, it's been, you know, the the, uh, the hardest thing. Letting go of of the mind's concepts of how it's supposed to be, of yeah. expectation, of, of um, resistance, you know, allowing and accepting, and being available to take action too. This is the part that like in the spiritual world, people really maybe don't delve into as much. Like accepting doesn't mean being passive. You know, it's oh, like you talk. accept what it is, but you're also able to be responsive <laughs> to what's arising, like wholly, fully responsive in each moment. And then there's like this sense of like, you know, synergize. You're like in harmony with the universe. Yeah. Sorry. I, can you say that again? I was, Vesna, what are you doing here? I didn't know you were here. <laughs> I've just seen Vesna. Come on. Oh, beautiful. Hello, Vesna. <laughs> hey, Stacey. Sorry, I'm going to go hi, hi now, everyone. <laughs> Lovely. This is just like so much fun. Thank you for having me. So much fun. <laughs> I don't even know what channel I'm on. I'm, I think I'm on my personal page or something. Or your personal oh, page. I don't, I don't know, know where we are. We're here anyway. Where we are is perfect. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah. So I was just saying, like, really being engaged in the moment um, instead of being passive, and then you're in harmony with the universe. And right? it all just and things flow in a different it's way. Really, that simple. It really does just. Happen, yeah, yeah. I've been sleep sleeping out in my swag still. I've had to come inside the house to talk here, <laughs> but yeah, I'm just doing things differently. Um, Jess, my housemate, we love the swag. <laughs> we were all like, "What's a swag?" Yeah, and we found out that is what a swag is. We're like, "Oh, that's cool." Yeah, I, I get amazed that people don't have the same sense of what words are, and um, a bit naive like that. I've, I have been overseas once, but um, I love, you know, I love the different cultures, and but I still always get surprised when people don't know 
you know, like what a swag is and different things like that. It feels like mm. what I know everyone around the world would, you know, know the same. Right. Hey. The word is not the thing. It's just more evidence that the word is not the thing. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. It's just symbolic. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, it's, oh, yeah, it's lovely. Let's just be with our hearts now. It's gorgeous. So beautiful. Now, that's the other thing. It's just been, I love, you know, if I humbly, with humility, you know, I say I love flowing love to people. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You're feeling the love flowing to you. To others. Both ways. Oh, yeah, that's right. I know. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. an open I had, circuit. I had, get, I had to get that one too, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that came to me a while back, didn't I think I wrote that, yeah, just flowing it to me rather than, again, being of service. Yes, service is beautiful, beautiful, and there's nothing. Well, when you're in the moment, there's no... <laughs> there's no words you can't even use the word service you can't even use the word you know giving it's just it well it's just being isn't it so but um the outer it's like an open circuit where the energy is flowing freely and fully both ways you know yeah without any sense of restriction or blockage or resistance mm. that's love yeah that's john's that's what that's john's song isn't it that's love that's john's song <laughs> Yeah, I just heard his voice then in my head. <laughs> yep. Uh, Anything else that you'd like to share? Love you too, Vesna. <laughs> um, so you're really, uh, um, yeah, the, the word integrate. Robin just said integrating. It's huge. It's so important. It's like yeah. essential. Yeah. Integration. Because I think before Christmas I was really overwhelmed by, you know, this sense of, wow, what's happening to me, you know, um, this is different and beautiful and light and, you know, woo-woo-woo. Um, and, yeah, it takes time to um, consolidate and stay in that present, you know, and it, and there's nearly no, you don't have to rush anything and just uh, appreciate whatever comes every day. And I think Annie mentioned something about karma, you know, everything in your life is, is really serving you in, to your beautiful self-realisation. It's hard to, it's, it's incredible, you know, because if you can see, see that now, if you can start to see whatever presents in front of you, it's just beautiful. It's been, you know, there's an orchestration of something um, wanting you to realize the beauty beauty of your your own being who you are yeah yeah <laughs> so good yeah thank you so much thank you for thank you so much Tracy me. thank you for being here it all worked out perfectly because I think if I had gone straight off I wouldn't have been out again to this space but once I was listening to you yeah. and, and yeah and and having people comments and I got to 
write my comments, which was um, allows things to start relaxing. Yeah. So thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Tracy. Everything is perfect. Always Thanks, is, right? Everyone, thank you so much. I really appreciate you putting up. Yes, beautiful. Thank you, Tracy, so much. Um, this is a uh, part of something called the Secret Glow that I do every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern. So uh, somehow we got onto the public public page today, <laughs> which is also perfect. So uh, if you want to join us weekly, I'll put the link up. I can do that now, actually. I'll put the link up to uh, to join us. It's fun seeing a bunch of people that I haven't seen online in a while. That's really a treat. Thank you all for, for being here. It's like a sense of your energy, even if you're not saying anything or you're not on camera or you're not making any comments. Your presence is felt and is part of the co-creation of what comes through here together. So that's the link if you want to join us um, to register to be part of our private group every week. Um, I was just on a show before this with Ashura from Uganda, which you can also scroll down my page and see that. That was really fun. And um, I'll kind of put some, some links and ways to delve in deeper. But um, there's my books, The Big Glow and the Wild and Now. There's personal sessions. There's our retreat, which I'm really excited about, April 20th to 22nd, with the aforementioned John Stringer singing That's Love. Annie will be doing yoga. Kathy will be there. Uh, Herminia will be singing. It's going to be a really beautiful experience in the mountains outside of Asheville, North Carolina. We've got some other exciting retreats that I'm about to announce soon as well. I love and appreciate you so much. Be the love that you are on this love day, day of celebrating love, and uh, see you in the next now.